Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine, alongside Ryan Frederick. I want to thank you all for listening, and uh, make sure to uh, leave us a five-star review uh, when you get a chance. It really helps us out, builds up the profile, helps us keep this thing going. So, uh, Ryan, we got, we got a busy show today, um, and uh, to kick it off, we got to talk about, and uh, I think we got some good news today uh in in regards to uh a fight that everybody wants to see yeah i mean well and, and a fighter that everybody like, likes to see a couple of fighters everybody likes to see uh first off we're yeah. going to start off with uh francis naganu who was uh he was doing an instagram live live i think it was either yesterday today somewhere around that but he was talking about how he's he, you know he had the major knee surgery he's talking about how he's progressing progressing pretty well and he feels like he might be able to fight as soon as december and uh he also said i don't he might have said it might have been today where he said this that he's uh he's going to ufc 276 this weekend in support of israel adesanya and he's supposed to have a meeting with dana and hunter campbell and all them all them next week either this week or next week i think he said next week next week but maybe after you know after the show you know sunday or something so to talk a new deal and work things out and it's kind of becoming you know i've always you've heard me paul you've i've told you that like i feel mm-hmm. like he's going to end up coming back and, re, and signing a new deal because realistically what else is out there for him in mma you got the tyson fury fight but there's a lot of obstacles tyson fury you know earlier in the week he says i'm retired i'm not doing anything and then today he's like teasing wanting to fight francis in wembley stadium but uh tyson also you know, supposedly he can't get in the United States right now because of this whole ties to to uh, Daniel Kinahan or however you say his name, name all the mob ties. So so he's apparently like on a no fly list allowed into allowed into United States, which is also going to affect a few other people, possibly even people who are in the UFC. We'll just kind of leave it at that. Leave it at that. So the possibility of that fight happening, you know, it, it becomes slim. And then at the same time, like I've said, if it happens, it's just going to be an exhibition fight that means nothing at the end of the day. At the end of the day, you know, kind of like these Floyd Mayweather fights we're seeing, seeing now, you know, where it's just, you know, it's not really scored properly. They just say at the winner, oh, this person won, you know, kind of like, kind of like they did with uh, Floyd and Logan Paul. <laughs> so it's just like, yeah, it's kind of meaningless. And I don't think, you know, the payday, payday, I think Francis will make more money potentially fighting John Jones. And which is the interesting thing because Dana White said on an interview with today with uh, Jim Rome that John Jones is ready to go. And I've heard that for months. I've heard that, you know, I don't actually think he's put pen to paper, but as far as agreeing to terms either on a new deal or, or, you know, for a next fight or a next couple fights that, that, you know, he's, he's on board and the holdups is all, the holdup has always been steep Miocic because that's the fight they've been trying to put together for months. They tried to have it for this upcoming weekend weekend. They wanted to headline international yeah. fight week with the, with that fight. But, you know, steep seems to be the holdup, which, which I mean, you know, with Francis potentially coming back as possibly as soon as, December, I mean, Stipe is going to screw himself out of a payday if he keeps holding up the fight because he could easily yeah. fight John Jones in September. September get a massive payday, and if he beats John, John, then he can fight Francis in you know maybe not December but January, February, February or something, mm-hmm. you know, and get two massive paydays or just get the one massive payday to John, lose to John, and then you have 
the big fight with Francis and John, and then Stipe can probably ride off into retirement with one more big paycheck on his on his resume. You know, that's you know, so kind of looks like there's some clarity think, um, clarity coming here yeah. soon. So do you think if they don't book this show, this fight between Jones and Stipe by September, that they'll just wait and do Jones and Ghana? Uh, I think by October. I think uh, we're going to have a we're going to so October is the yeah, deadline. You have September 10th, uh, which is going to be probably in Atlanta. Uh, that's a uh, that's got Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw already on it, but uh you know, it's possible there, and yeah, and either something bigger. And the way they have the way they have uh, these events numbered, September tenth in a uh, in Atlanta is what like UFC two seventy nine, and Abu Dhabi on October twenty second is UFC two eighty one, which it's not a pay per view, but it's a numbered event, which tells me there's an yeah. early like I've, I think I mentioned it last week or two weeks ago. Tells me there's an early October pay per view, which is probably October uh, what. Eighth October eighth in Las Vegas. That sounds kind of perfect. Okay, for Joan, for yeah. Jones and and Stipe because it's Vegas. Yeah. It's Vegas because I'm a, I'm assuming it's Vegas because they're supposed to have they're contracted to have four shows a year, four shows a year in the T-Mobile, which they usually do do March, July, July, September, or October, and December. That's that's been their typical yeah. their standards schedule there. Schedule there. Uh, one other thing. That Dana mentioned is, uh, you know, or they could do the, they could do Jones and Stipe in November at Madison Square Garden, but then you're kind of, you know, especially if they come to agree, agreement with Nagano and say, hey, we don't want you, we've come to terms, we got a new deal, we don't want to rush you back in December, maybe wait, maybe wait until like, er, you know, early to mid, mid 2023, make March. sure you're completely, make sure you're completely healed. And they could do jo- Jones and Stipe at MSG if they're doing that in November. Uh, Dana also mentioned and that Connor is getting closer to fighting and says we could potentially see him late 2022, early 2023. So, you know, that's, you know, that's Sweet. another potential, but, you know, possibly December in Vegas, I would think for him, if, the, if he can come back. Shine that belt up, Charles. Connor's yeah. coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charles, Charles technically doesn't have the title. I mean, we keep I keep mentioning him as the that's right. Champion. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. technically doesn't yeah. have it, but for all intents and purposes, yeah, yeah. he's the champion. So, but it's technically yeah. Vacant. Let's do let's do uh, the yeah fight for the vacant title. Um, so uh, yeah, it, that's uh, that's that's big. I, I still think Connor should fight Tony Ferguson, but that's just me. So oh yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think that fight makes a lot of sense. But um, all right, so we got we got a lot to go over from this past week, and uh, it was as you put in your column the week of upsets. And uh, I guess the biggest news non UFC would be uh, you know we when when this match was announced, Jigar Musasi and Johnny Eblen. I mean, we even talked about it last week. Like, oh, it's a mismatch, and you know Mus- Eblen's not ready for him. He's eleven to zero, but he's never fought anybody. Well, guess what? He beat Jagar Masasi uh, by just, unanimous decision. Didn't just beat him, dominated the fight. Like oh, 50, did he? I didn't 50, see the fight. So. It was fifty forty-five all on all three scorecards. So, okay, so that's that. Is did dominant. you watch it? Uh, I I did not watch all of it. I I saw about the first three round okay. three rounds and then and then passed out and kind of like the last yeah. two rounds were like much like the last like the first three and and that Evelyn was just dominating with his wrestling but he also had really good striking in and uh it was 
A lot like when Gegard Musasi fought King Mo back in Strike Force when Mo Lawal beat him okay. for the title, which is funny because one of Evelyn's cornermen and coaches was Mo Lawal. So it's, King Mo? It's like, wow. It's kind of there full circle go. there. So they'll probably end up doing a rematch at some point down the road because Lord knows they don't have anything else in Bellator. Yeah, um, yeah. But they did. Joel, they did. Joel Romero was taught, you know, was saying 185. Oh, see God. you soon, boy. Boy, you know. But uh, okay, yeah, great. Well, Joel's coming uh, off the win, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then we had the uh, the bantamweight tournament. Danny Sabatello got a unanimous decision over Leandro Higo, and Megamed Megamedov uh, submitted Enrique Berzola. Apparently, uh, our our boy Justin Nipper was saying that Danny Sabatello cut a really good promo. So I I've been meaning to check that out. <laughs> Can I go on uh, a rant about this yet, real, but... quick? real quick? Sure. Yeah. He go cut a, he cut a great promo, and then got fined by Mike Mazzuli, who heads the the uh, the commission there for on the tribal thing, they find him for they find Sabatello five thousand dollars for for cursing in his post fight promo. Oh, for did I hope uh, I hope uh, Scott paid it at least. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> they're fi- they because Sabatello probably didn't make five grand for the fight. No, he made he made he made that <laughs> trust. But uh, it's like okay, this is ridiculous. Like like and they were yeah, to find. They find Sabatello. They threaten to find a couple of other people for cursing after the, in their post fight promos. Jesus. It's like, like what? What? I mean, I see. There's been a lot of crazy stuff going down in America lately, and this is just added to the list of stupid stuff I've seen I think, lately. Uh, I so. think I think Brian Alvarez got fined for cursing on air the other day. Uh, <laughs> is what I heard. Yeah, luckily, we um, don't, luckily so, we don't. We don't. Luckily, I can drop no we, drop an F word every once in a while when I you know and I almost did in that rant. Like, but uh, yeah, yeah, just, we can curse anytime. So we want. dumb, so dumb. And uh, Brandon Ward does what he always does in Connecticut. Uh, he knocked out Cassius Kane, uh, which I'm sure the fans there loved. Uh, Kat Zingano uh, got a win on the prelims uh, over Pam Sorensen and. Uh, not much else there. Oh, Alejandro Lara. I, I was meaning to watch that fight, and she lost to Ilara Joanne. And our boy Aaron Jeffrey, Fight Game Media uh, favorite, got a win. Big win over Fabio Aguilar in one of the early fights. Second round KO. So, sounded like a fun card, but I did not uh, I did not see it. Oh, I just saw some news uh, scroll across the wire about Misha Tate. Did you see that? We can get into it later. Yeah, we can get into it later. Okay, I didn't know if you saw that. Um, all right, and then uh, PFL. Uh, so this, I mean, you mentioned you dozed off. So I taped this thing on Friday night. I get up Saturday morning, and uh, I'm wide awake, got my coffee, and I put it on. And I got through the first two fights, and I fell asleep. And then I kept waking up and rewinding back to where I was. And I finally just gave up. Like, I just, I could not stay awake for this. I don't know why, but just was happening. But from what I saw, like, it wasn't too bad. Um, we, but we had in the main event, uh, Mateus Scheffel uh, won a United decision over Bruno Capeloza. He was the defending champion. So that was a big upset there. Another on your week of upsets. And Stevie Ray uh, in the uh, co-main uh, <laughs> beat Anthony Pettis, who uh, his... Uh, 
PFL run has left a little bit to be desired. Uh, I think he's lost three of his four fights there. Um, but uh, he uh, they're going to rematch in the playoffs. So it ultimately meant nothing. Um, if he if he beats Stevie Ray, he'll be fighting for the title or the million bucks. So it's kind of a whacked out system that they got there. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, it, it was pretty uneventful. Chris Wade uh, KO'd Kyle Boschniak in the first round. Kitson Abreu won a uh, United decision over Hennon Ferrara. And Bubba Jenkins, a uh, former Bellator fighter, a uh, longtime Bellator fighter, big wrestler, beat Ronaldo Exxon. And in the opener, Dennis Goldsoff won even a decision over Maurice Green, who I think he must have been a late ad because I. I, when we were going over this card last week, I do not remember seeing Maurice's Green's name on there, um, but uh, he was there and former yeah, UFC fighter. Lot there, there was a bunch of changes during during the week, so okay, yeah, Darn, yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, but he he didn't he didn't advance, so I, I have no idea what the playoffs are, and they'll probably change five times before they actually start. But yeah. they got one more week. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be so, yeah. some guy will fall out or have visa issue visa issues, and they'll be throwing yeah. finding a replacement. Yeah, so. And the uh, the guy that lost this week will end up in the finals and probably win. Uh, and it doesn't matter because it's all la- a money laundering scheme anyways. Uh, so this, um, I, I didn't, that's not on the record. Um, so PFL uh, 6 will be airing this Friday. A, edit it out. Well, edit time- put a, get the editing machine rolling. <laughs> Yeah. Wait a minute. I think I pulled up the wrong. I think I pulled up last year's. Uh, hang on. Because it was it was June 25th. And yeah, here we go. Uh, so PFL 6. It was supposed to be uh, uh, Julia Budd and uh, Kayla Harrison. But Julia Budd pulled out. And Caitlin Young is going to take her place in the main event. Uh, she the famously 12-12 record. Um, but, uh, she, you know, that's the main event. We got Rory McDonald fighting Sadabu Sai. Ray Cooper the third, uh, I think he's like a three-time champion, uh, fighting Brett Cooper, trying to get into the playoffs because he lost his first fight. And Magomed, Magomed Kirov is fighting Yoa Zeferino. So pretty solid main card. Um, Larissa Pacheco, who may be uh, Kayla Harrison's toughest opponent, is also fighting on the prelims. And this one's on ESPN as well. So I think that's... Uh, Looks like a maybe an eight o'clock start for the main card, um, so that's actually a really good time slot for them, and no competition, so they may, they may do pretty well, and they they're not running head to head with Rampage. They do what? They are. Yeah. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Are Are you sure? I don't know. It says eight p.m. on ESPN, so they it's might probably, be done by I think, ten. I think it's a three hour fight. Three hour show. So we'll oh, three hour show because it's got six fights on the main card. So. Oh, does it? Okay, my I'm looking. My lineup shows shows four, but it's you know it's topology, so it's probably wrong. Um, yeah, so yeah, you can look forward to that. That's on Friday. It's a holiday up here, but uh, and it's a holiday weekend down there. Uh, but um, I guess you guys get your holiday on Monday. We get ours on Friday. Yeah. So the, uh, they lost, They got beat by Rampage in the ratings this past week pretty badly. Did they? Yeah, I didn't even look. PFL, uh, had, but I know because PFL had two hundred thirty thousand viewers and a point oh four. For, okay. For a show oh, that, wow. For a show so that last ran, week they were a- for for a show that ran from eight Eastern time until eleven twenty three, almost a three and a half hours long show. <laughs> That's kind of incredible, you know. That uh, last week they were like ahead of them and running later, 
and because they ran past midnight i think the fighting actually does better later and and actually we talked about that on uh on saturday when we were watching the ufc right like you said people were complaining on twitter about the late start time and they actually usually do better when they start later right yeah and those people who are complaining also don't realize that that espn they're the television partner they dictate what time these ufc shows starts not the ufc the ufc does not make that decision the television partner may makes it so it's you know everybody who's gonna play oh why is the ufc starting the show so late because they're told to start at that time not not that they have any choice you know you know they work it they, they work it together but obviously espn they're showing the college world series until 10 eastern time it's like oh we have a time slot from from you know 10 to 1 10 to 1 let's put on a ufc show there because it's in las vegas las vegas it's starting the main card starting at seven in vegas i mean last week you know everybody goes it's like well they put austin on early you know what came on after the ufc and austin top ranked boxing so it's like that's the time slots they gave oh there you go it's the time slots they gave each other each other it's not a ufc decision it's an espn decision when it comes to stuff that's broadcast on espn espn2 abc that's that's their decision and when it's on espn plus the times are pretty consistent of starting at four eastern time for the prelims seven eastern time for the main card you know except if it's overseas no this was it was a perfect uh paper pay-per-view window there um so yeah so that was uh that was pfl they'll be back this week and then we also had the ultimate fighter which uh, i did watch um i did you watch it uh i did not Okay. Well, it was uh, it was Brogan Walker against Hannah Guy. Uh, it was uh, it was a pretty good fight. Um, they, you know, not not great uh, first round. It was you, Brogan Walker, you know, kind of won. And second round, I, honestly, you know what? I watched the show. I don't even remember it. But Brogan Walker definitely won by you know by majority decision. I think everybody thought it was going to go to a third round, and uh, and then like even Dana was like really surprised that it didn't because it, it really looked like Hannah Guy had won the second round, but the ref, uh, two of the judges gave it to uh, Brogan Walker. So I think even she was a little bit surprised. Uh, Team Pena was mad, uh, of course. Um, but uh, Amanda, even Amanda, in I think in the post fight said, well, we kind of expected we were going to get a third round, but we didn't. So that's good. Um, and uh, and then they uh, they did the thing where they were going to pick the fights, and uh, both Amanda and uh, and um, Juliana both had completely different matchups they wanted. So Dana was like, I don't know what to do. You know, so stupid. Like obviously they all knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, and uh, so they ended up they're going to do. Um, they're going to do Jordan Heiderman and uh, Pauga. I can't remember that Zach, guy's first Zach name. Pauga. Uh, Zach Pauga, right, right. And then uh, as as uh, Juliana Pena says, Lara Gallardo against Brogan Walker, uh, Muhammad Usman against uh, Prez uh, in one fight, and then uh, I'm so bad. Juliana, Miller and Neil. Ju- I don't remember that. Juliana Miller and <laughs> Juliana Caitlin Miller and Caitlin Neal, right? I have Caitlin it right in Neal, front of me, right. so okay. yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. And I think next week is the, uh, I think next week is the Heiderman match. Yeah. It's a back um, Heiderman next week. Yeah. And the, so that'll be, a and one. the coaches challenge. So, um, Oh, nice. Yeah. So when they get bowling or tennis or something. Um, so yeah, that's, that'll be, uh, tonight as you guys are listening, I learned that from Keela. I'm not going to say tomorrow cause we're recording now, but 
Kila, when I was recording with her last week, she she always talks about as if the when the people are listening. So you have to remember that. So last night we watched Monday Night Raw, even though it's happening right now. You know I that didn't. kind of thing. <laughs> Except you didn't. I know. Neither did I. Um, I did watch baseball last night. It was really good. Um, all right. So we had the uh, fight night, as always. UFC uh, from the Apex. I think we got two more of these and then we're done for a while i think uh, um so we'll, it, we'll knock a we got two more currently on the schedule we don't know we don't know where events in september are being held so we'll just leave it at that okay yeah knock on wood but uh this was uh this was not a bad card um we had the main event uh we talked about last week and it was kind of similar to the lightweight fight we saw the week before um uh, god names escape me right now i'm sure you know featherweight fight but Calvin uh and josh Emmett. yeah no, 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 no. I'm talking about the lightweight fight on the main card that oh. I thought was really similar to this one. Oh, the um, Demir Ismagulov and Ismagulov and yeah. Kudeladze, yeah. Yeah, this, I mean, it's similar, like similar yeah. kind of fight. Yeah. Um, similar levels of where they are in the <laughs> rankings and everything like that. And, and, and honestly, similar skill. Like this was a really good fight. Um, and it was kind of a bit of a controversy. Um, I think a lot of people thought Armand won the fight. I had money on Gamrot, and I thought Armand won the fight. Uh, but uh, I, and I think you had you had Gamrot winning, right? No, I had Saruki, and I had Saruki in one through three, and okay, Gamrot four and five. But, okay, but third, but that's exactly what I had too. Or maybe yeah. I no, I had Saruki in one, two, and four. Sorry. Okay, I had I think I had him one two no, three. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had one, Gamrot two. four or five. I had one two and four Gamrot three and five, but also knowing that round round the way round four ended made it close. So so really either way I was is not bad. Yeah, there was some funky judging on this card too, thanks to my uh, one of my uh, superiors in my day job. Um, but um, the uh, yeah, Matthias Gamrot won won the main event. I mean, again, these are these guys were so closely matched. I would love to see a rematch at some point because the skill level here was was super high. It's just a back and forth fight. Um, it was you know it was. Uh, well, you tell the story of the fight. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get very, it wrong. <laughs> it's very very high level. Uh, uh very very good very good i mean when you when you watch this fight it's like you can very te- very clearly tell like these are two very good lightweights which and uh, which uh you know i was saying last week and uh gamron with the win got got moved into the top 10 and and i don't know what's going on but uh, conor mcgregor finally fell out of the top 10 of the lightweight rankings <laughs> it's fun. it's funny i don't have nice uh, i don't have connor ranked at all he hasn't he hasn't won a lightweight fight since 2016 and he hasn't fought in a year here so i don't <laughs> have years. him ranked so, <laughs> so maybe me me doing that is part of it it's <laughs> part of it but yeah, yeah it was i mean gamma our uh Sarukian was uh you know winning with his his I would say his wrestling attack because he didn't get Gamera down much in the fight. Let me pull the stats up. I, you know, I can only. Didn't Sarukian like was this this because I, I might be mixing a couple of these fights up, but didn't Sarukian have like fifteen takedown attempts or something, or maybe more? Uh, he had and, eight. And he had, Gamera, he had eight uh, takedown attempts, okay. and Gamera had twenty-one takedown attempts. But but okay, Sarukian, so it's the other way around. Okay, but yeah, but Sarukian's yeah. takedown attempts were mostly early, and uh, you know, he. Uh, you know, in the first round, he you know a little bit more vo- volume got the take down. T- take down. 
Second round was pretty even on this on the striking. When I say pretty even, it was like 19-18 on significant strikes and 21-21 on the you know on the regular strikes. You know, it was but uh, Sarukian he was landing very big body kicks, which was which yes. was the different difference. Uh, third round, third round was when Gamera uh, decided to start wrestling, and he got a couple of takedowns there. There, he you know, in my opinion, he he won the round, but it was it was close, close. Sarukian grabbed the fence a few times, a few times, and I feel like yes. me me as a judge, me watching a fight and as as a judge, and and if I'm actually a judge, you have to take that. In, into account because here's Gamera trying so hard to take Sarukian down and Sarukian's fouling and he's just getting warnings. He's not getting points taken away. He's just like, don't grab the fence. Don't grab the fence. Don't grab the fence. Like, yeah. take some points away from these guys. The first time they, gra- they grab it, they know not to do it, but they keep doing it because they know they're not going to get a point taken away right away. Right away. But, uh, but yeah, but there was some good, good mix, mixing of strikes between them, between both. But I still gave the round for Gamera because of the takedowns and the fact Sarukian was trying to get away with some bullcrap. The fourth round was the more interesting round because Sarukian dropped uh, Gamera with a spinning back fist and then jumped on the back and tried to tried to grab the neck, look for the look for the choke, but Gamera got out, got the takedown, and he had you know, he, he has Sarukian in trouble, threatening for take, threatening for a choke and a potential leg lock late, late. But uh, I felt, you know, I felt like, you know, Gamera had a strong close to the fourth, but I feel like Sarukian with the knockdown, knockdown landed more, did more damage. Felt like that was that was his round. But sometimes judges lean towards lean towards the back end of what happened a little bit more than they do on the front end of a round of a round. It's kind of, it's kind of a messed up way of looking at it. And the fifth was clearly Gamera. He, you know, he got a couple takedowns, takedowns. He, you know, landed a little bit more, a little Sarukian bit more. Sarukian was gas. Sarukian like was gas. The last gas. Round. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, but it was, a, it was a really great fight. It was close. Could have gone either way, either way. Neither, neither Sarukian, I don't think loses anything in this loss. It's really high level fight, high level fight. Gamrot get, you know, he gets himself in that mix, and and uh, he should be in another main event fight next. You know, and uh, yeah, really high level fight and really good, really good. Well, he's, I mean, he's twenty one and one, and the only fight he lost was a split decision to Garam uh, Kudaladze, who we talked about earlier. So, I mean, they could easily go to that fight again, um, you know, if they want, um, no, not, and not that would next. be a pretty good. <laughs> not next, because since Kudaladze... not not right away, but at some point, yeah, at some point, at some you point. know. Um, but yeah, and Armand, like he thought he won. He, I mean, when they read the judges' scorecards, I mean, he was legit shocked. Like this wasn't like a Nate Diaz, like yeah, I won, you know, whatever. No, like I mean, and I think uh, that well, and the other thing, I don't think you mentioned the the crowd was like all for him. Like I mean, he, I think he trained at Syndicate for this, right? Uh, yeah, they said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think he had a lot of lot of people there supporting him, and uh, they were pissed off when he didn't win, and uh, he was just like he was so upset like you know he's like i thought i won i thought i did enough to win and i'm gonna have to watch the tape and you know and and you know and i respect him but i think i won and uh you know i think i won at least three of those rounds and and you know again like a lot of people did too i didn't see the 
the breakdown. I was surprised that this was a unanimous decision. Like I thought for sure, especially the way the judging had gone, like I thought it was going to be a split, um, you know, and, and when they said, oh, all three judges have it 48, 47, I was like, whoa. Yeah. When I said, didn't really know. Like <laughs> when they said that all three judges had 48, 47, I was in there typing Saruki and out as the winner. And I was like, when they said yeah. camera, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, wow. Yeah. So I, I was surprised. And because I think there was one of the rounds that, you know, everybody kind of was leaning towards Gamrot. But when they showed the stats, Sarukian had landed like almost twice as many strikes. That was the But fourth. it was, it's one of those rounds. It was the yeah, it was round. one of those rounds where it's like, yeah, the stats don't tell the story. Yeah, because I think it was like 21-12 or something. Yeah, um, like I said, that was the round where Gamera had control on the ground yeah. for, on the ground for like the last minute and a half to two two minutes. But that way, that came after Sarukian dropped him. There was a knockdown in the round. Right. Knockdown in the round. I think that. Yeah, and he. I think and that he had a he had another everything. knockdown at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I saw people like, how can you give him the fourth round or whatever? Blah blah. blah. And it's like, well, you know, that's how. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was a really good fight. And uh, again, like you said, uh, hopefully neither guy. Well, Surikin doesn't lose much. Gamrot gains obviously from getting the big win. He's in the top ten, and he'll get a big name. And uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see who what's next for for either one of those guys. Um, just do a quick looking at your. Uh, your column uh yeah you so you want yeah i mean i think you even said this last week uh gamma the winner of this would fight the winner of the uh, half hour squared fight in a couple weeks and uh dasanios and fiziev that fight we've been waiting for forever um so yeah that's a good fight to make obviously and and sarukian will probably fight somebody you know lower than him and and try to keep his spot i guess well yeah it's kind of funny because the i i've been doing i've been doing like my fight predictions for even the losers now i forget who i had a match up with yeah with, with. Um, I, gamma called out geishi which is uh ambitious <laughs> yeah uh, yeah they're looking they're looking at doing poirier geishi too so that's uh, why moicano moicano is who you uh, had sariki yeah against. oh yeah that would be i feel like that would be a great fight right there yeah absolutely yeah no i that could headline a show honestly um, and then, uh, yeah, and then we had we had some other good fights. So, um, you know, we can go right into our uh, our three stars, and I think we got a lot to choose from here. So, uh, um, you know what? I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. I think you you always like to go and then leave me with somebody. So, um, you know what? My first star. There's a lot of finishes on the show, but I'm actually going to go with someone who got a decision, and it's uh, Chris Curtis over Rodolfo Vieira. He's a favorite of this show, and uh, he. I mean, his defense, I think, won him this fight. Like, you can't score uh, defense, but I think he stopped. This is the fight I was talking about that had, like, the 20 takedown attempts. And yeah, Rodolfo yeah. just kept going for these takedowns. Yeah, Vieira was 0 for 20. Yeah, 0 for 20. And Curtis was just, you know, and, and Vieira just, you know, he didn't completely gas out as, as everyone expected him to. But he definitely, like, by the end, a lot of these takedown attempts were just desperate. And Curtis just kept stuffing him, and he was lighting him up on the feet. But Vieira stayed in the fight. Like, this is a really good fight. And this was, like, a couple of Curtis's wins so far have been, like, um, you know, like, you know, you get, like, a big knockout or something like that. This was, like, this was maybe the most dominant performance that he's had in UFC. And uh, he looked like somebody that, you know, he could cause some problems at, at 185. Uh, maybe, like, a like Anthony Smith-type run. So, um, yeah, I was I was really impressed with, uh, with Chris Curtis in this fight. Um, Cody Durden, uh, first-round KO over JP Buys at flyweight in the uh, prelims. Just, you know, great knockout win. 
And uh, my third star will be uh, Josh Parisian, who, uh, you know, and I think mainly partly because I picked him as a, one of my ROI picks, him and Gamrod actually last week. So, uh, you know, you made a little bit of money if you went with my picks. And um, yeah, Parisian looked real good. I mean, it was a really good first round with both guys landing a lot of shots. And then Parisian just kind of took over in the second round and just destroyed this guy. And uh, poor Badeau probably isn't going to get a fight in Paris um, in a few months because, uh, as you said, he's probably looking at going to be looking for employment after this. But those are my three stars, Parisian, uh, Chris Curtis, and uh, um, Cody Durden. So I left you a couple obvious ones. Oh, you left me all, all three all three of mine. So, yeah, that worked <laughs> that worked out. So Good. My, fir- my first one, I'm going Shavkat Rachmanov. I mean, <laughs> we you know, Neil Magny is a fantastic fighter. He is a top-level fighter, and Rachmanov made him look like a rookie like it's it was oh, just complete dominance and Rachmanov 16 and 0 now 4 4 uh, 4 UFC four finishes he submitted Magny uh with 2 seconds to go in the second round guillotine choke I just I mean that guy was impressive I was surprised Magny type tapped because his yeah. corner was screaming at him like five seconds you know like and, and he tapped yeah i mean he called out steven thompson next and i put that i put that in in the in my matchmaking but i feel like rakamanov against both kamzat and usman would be super interesting fights you know may not next but but in a year from now i mean those might be ridiculous fights rakmanov is fantastic and if you're if you're not paying attention to him you need to because he's great he's great he's he yeah. has a potential. magni was my other roi pick yeah. last week so yeah i mean all right i mean we're talking about you know who's going to be like the next Habib and go on an undefeated run. Run. I mean, everybody's been looking at at Kamzat and Rachmanov could be that guy. That guy, and uh, you know, they're gonna they're gonna fight eventually. So that'll that'll happen. Twenty seven years old. Yeah, twenty seven years old. Speaking of somebody who could go off, go on a Habib <laughs> type run. My star number two is cousin Umar. Yeah, I mean, it was a yeah. decision, but it was a blowout. Nate Maness, I feel bad. Like I talked about it last week. I mean, Nate Maness, three and one in the UFC. UFC coming in this fight, three straight wins. He's looked at good, but he's being fed to the wolves. And cousin Umar was just, just dominated this fight. Fifteen and zero now. Now I had a thirty twenty five. I think you had a thirty twenty five. Me too. Five as well. I don't yep. know why he got a thirty twenty seven. I don't know who gave him that. But who that was, was it. Jaren <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to look that up so I can so I can you know rate whoever did it. Yeah, it was. A, sometimes they don't say the names when they're. It was Junichiro Kamijo, who's usually pretty good at giving okay. giving out ten eights. So that's a surprise. Surprise. I think he, they sent Valel home. I think they sent Valel home after that <laughs> opener because I don't see his name again. <laughs> unless unless they gave him five separate finishes. Finishes. I mean, yeah. I, I did get reminded of the worst scorecard in history this past this past week. I mean, Chris Lee had a three thirty twenty five. That's kind of a surprise. Chris Lee can sometimes yeah. be stingy with the ten eights, but God, God damn! Like that was a cousin Umar. We talk about him. But yeah. like he's he's ready. He's ready for top ten guys. Like I don't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't rush him up there because Bantamweight is full of killers. 
full of killers, but you know, he might be like a be be becoming undefeated champion. So, so yeah, that's well, I, I said, I said on Twitter after this fight that like, I don't know if he's going to be in the top 10, but I would not, I would favor him over just about everybody in the top 10 if they fought. Like, I don't know how you bet against this guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, he's, he's every bit as he's every, he's a clone of, he's a clone of Habib and he's only 26. So, I mean, Jesus, you know, he just turned 26, like, like three months ago. It's incredible. But, uh, and then my third star is going to be Tiago Moises. I love this finish. Anytime, oh, anytime okay. somebody can ride, ride, get in the backpack position and ride on the top of somebody's back while they're standing and then get a rear naked choke, that's always impressive to me. And, uh, yeah, it was, I love that submit. I love that submission, the rear naked choke, standing rear naked choke from the backpack position. Uh, anytime somebody does that, they're going to be a star in my, my books. And Tiago Moises, three minutes, five seconds. Great finish. Great showing showing he's back in the win column he's good too good too you know he used yep. to be ranked he could be easily be back in the rankings sometime soon with another win or two win or two so that was a big win except i mean lightweight is so stacked i mean he's better than connor <laughs> you know well, um, i mean the uh I, I have an issue with the lightweight rankings because tony, tony ferguson and conor mcgregor are still ranked and i understand i understand they're only losing yeah. the top they're only losing top guy top guys you know and you, it's hard to unrank people but but i mean you know it's i mean i have i don't have conor ranked just because of the way you know, the way he's been, his last win was at welterweight. He hasn't won a lightweight fight in six years, and he's barely fine. And every week, it's like with Frankie Edgar at Bantamweight. Every week I struggle. Like, I mean, these these guys, I, I see why they should be ranked, yeah. and I see why they shouldn't be ranked ranked. And until and sometimes I'm like, I want to pull them out until they, you know, win or they don't fight again, you know. So, yeah, it's hard. Makes sense. Yeah, tough week. I mean, uh, you know, and, and maybe we should give an honorable mention to Carlos Olberg for his first round KO over the ghost of Tafan in Jakui. Um, he looked small. I don't know what it was, but he looked a lot smaller than he usually does. I don't know if he, you know, whatever, but hurt maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. Um, so take us through the rest of this card. Okay, start- the, uh, <laughs> my my boy Jaron Vallel in the opener. Yeah, it started with a women's strawweight fight. Vanessa Demopoulos getting a split decision over Jin Yu Fry. Fry uh, Fry had a twenty nine twenty eight scorecard for her, but uh, then Demopoulos had a twenty nine twenty eight scorecard for her and a thirty twenty seven scorecard from Jaron Vallel, which is a horror, which is one of the worst scorecards in recent memory. Memory, uh, I think. You know, the word robbery is the most overused word in MMA right now. And I don't know if this was one because I thought the second was really close. I mean, I'd say really, not not really close, but close enough to where you could give it to Demopolis. I mean, media scores, 92% of the media scores had it for Frey, for Fry, which I'm always of the opinion. If 80% of the media scores have it for one fighter, then it's a, then it's a robbery. It's kind of hard to say that it, that, it, that it was that word, but it's borderline. Borderline, I'd have to check it out out again. Fry definitely thirty twenty seven. Demopolis is one of the worst scorecards yeah, score, I've ever seen. Yeah, Fry clearly won the first round. Like, there's no debate. 
Like, yeah. I don't know how, how that's the middle. And Demopolis, to her credit, definitely won the third. It's the second that's the swing, swing round. And it was close enough for – I thought Fry won it, but close enough to close enough to where, you know, if you scored it for Demopolis, I'm not calling you a moron. But uh, Jaron Vallel is definitely a moron for uh, giving the first to Demopolis. But uh, – yeah, well, yeah. he can come back here and be the associate deputy minister I mean, I, in my department. You know, I'm all for people traveling the world and doing stuff, but Jaron Vallejo staying in Canada. Uh, so, yeah. uh, <laughs> then we had a bantamweight fight. Mario Batista submitted Brian Kelleher in the first round with a rear naked choke. Uh, best performance of Batista's UFC career so far. So far, I think it's like his his. Uh, I think it's uh, I had his, it's his second straight win, but he's won four four of his last five five very impressive impressive uh he's he worked with sean o'malley they trained together together be, you know so it looked like it paid off in a big win for batista then as you mentioned cody durden uh knocked out jp by bays uh one minute eight seconds uh durden you know he i was surprised that he he got a fifth UFC fight. Usually, you know, you know, he had four. You know, he's one, two, and one. Had those, you know, unflattering comments about China, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, about Chinese fighters. You know, I thought maybe they would have washed their hands with them after Mokayev dominated him, but they gave him another shot, and he looked really good. A uh, minute eight seconds, and unfortunately for JP Bays. He he lost his marriage and he's probably lost his job and you know it's been a rough time. Did you see my did you see my nickname for him? <laughs> no. I call him JP Bye Bye Bye's. <laughs> okay. Uh then we <laughs> 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 then we had a bantamweight fight. <laughs> bantamweight fight. Sergey Morozov, a unanimous decision over Raul and Paiva, 29-28 across the board. Uh, this is one of the easy. If you're watching this fight, is one of the easiest fights to yeah. score. Paiva very clearly won the first. Morozov very clearly won the second and third with his grappling. Uh, There's not much. It was okay fight. Not much to you know write or talk about when it comes to that. Then we had a featherweight fight. Shylan Nurdin Becca, uh, unanimous decision over T.J. Brown. It was the grappling for Nurdin Becca that was just. Too much for TJ Brown. TJ Brown got tired. He tried to, he tried to land some unique stuff, but it didn't work. And yeah, it was, yeah, it was all right fight. You know, it was much like the Morozov Piva fight. Then uh, capping off the prelims, Carlos Olberg knocked out Tefan Nuchukwi in a minute fifteen seconds. Uh, Olberg had his entire city bo- kickboxing crew in there making noise. Adesanya, Volkanovski, Brad Riddell, and you know it probably lit a fire under his ass because he he performed extraordinary. He looked fantastic. So so good win for him. Then the main card: Chris Curtis over Rodolfo Vieira, 29-28, all across the board. Really fun fight. Uh, then we had Cousin Umar unanimous decision: 30-27, 30-26, 30 Then Tiago Moises submitted Christos Yagos in three in the first round. Then you had your heavyweight uh your standard apex small octagon heavyweight main card fight that was part entertaining, part train wreck. 
but uh, Josh Friesen finished Alan Badeau in the second round after Alan Badeau almost finished Josh Friesen in the first round. But uh, yeah, sorry, Alan Badeau, you're probably not going to get that Paris fight because you're winless in four fights. And then we had Chavkat Rachmanov submitting Neil Magny in the second round. And then Matus Gamro, 48-47 across the board, unanimous decision over Armin Sarukian. Yeah, you see one one um, uh, M- like reporter gave fifty forty five for Armand. I was kind of surprised. I was kind of looking at that right now, and then I made the mistake of reading the comments, which are terrible. Yeah, um, don't do that. <laughs> so uh, no, I know it's like worse than the F four W board. Um, the uh, award, the awards for the night. Obviously, the main event got the fight of the night. I mean, it wasn't a match of the year contender or anything, but it was a clear match of the night tonight. Uh, Fifty thousand for both those guys, and then uh, three more. Uh, which so one extra bonus this week. Uh, Neil Magny or, or Rockmanoff got the uh, performance of the night for his submission. Uh, Josh Parisian, uh, one of my picks, got the uh, for the knockout over at Lombardo, and Tiago Moises for his awesome uh, one-armed uh, guillotine over. Christos Giagos, or Rear Naked Choke, I guess it was. Um, so, yeah, so that was the uh, apex. And uh, we got, uh, you know, however many fans and no gate. I mean, there was small gate, but nothing. It's, we'll be back is, to normal next week. Is it really fans if it's all teammates from no. from the local gyms? No. no, no. And we don't know the viewership yet. Uh, you can, by the time this airs, you can look on uh on uh, show buzz daily but it, i bet you it did pretty well because again it was there was not much else on on saturday night and uh it was on espn the main main espn so probably, probably I, if i had to guess i'd say like 750 um we'll see we'll see what it does i mean then like a you know like a it'll, point three it'll the, be in, in the, the demo this, it'll be in the observer this week <laughs> there you go there you go. Um, and then uh, coming up this week, big show. Uh, it's International Fight Week. So, I mean, it's actually, you know, we got uh, the Hall of Fame ceremony. Uh, when is that? That's uh, Thursday uh, from T-Mobile. It's going to be on Fight Pass at uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern. Of course, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov, Daniel Cormier, and uh, the Cub Swanson Duho Choi fighter are going to be inducted. So, no um, uh, Pioneer Wing uh fighter coming in this year just the two modern fighters um and uh and then of course ufc 276 on saturday at uh at t-mobile again we've got um you know it's a typical pay-per-view you know uh window obviously espn espn plus Uh, the paper the prelims are on espn this week yeah and of course we got two title fights uh headline card wait a second the feature prelims are on abc this week that's a big deal Oh right, yeah, that's a big story. That's a big story. Um, yeah, and and actually, and as of this moment, like I, I guess the lineup I'm looking at, it's not completely finalized. Um, but I gotta assume Cerrone and Miller are gonna headline the prelims. Well, as of as of uh, the other night, it was Riddell and Turner headlining the prelims. Okay. Uh, Robbie Lawler and Brian Barberina has been moved up to the main card main card that makes sense they haven't they haven't released like an official lineup i was just i was just told by yeah by somebody who would know <laughs> somebody obviously yeah. that uh i just i texted them they said lawler barberina to the to the main card that's all that was that's all that was said to me so 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 let me guess i and barber moved to abc i would i don't know yet they haven't just they haven't finalized all that i would move i would move either either uh Hall, Hall, and uh, Mooney's to 
to ABC or Tavares Dracus Duplacy. Oh, I'd move okay. either. I'd move either one of those two over I Barber just because those two fights had have, have the more potential to be exciting. We'll put it to you that way. That way, okay, not enough. Fair enough. Not enough. Not a knock on the women. Let's. I'm just being. You no, know, no. I always just go. I always tend to go with the bigger names, and you tend to go with the better fighters. So yeah. And then we also have Uriah some Hall's arguments probably, sometimes about who the bigger Uriah names Hall's, are. Yeah, you know, Hall is probably the bigger name, biggest name out of out of those that group of six. So, so could yeah. be, could be. I, I kind of like Barber, but um, but yeah, I mean it's a solid card. Um, and yeah, prelims on ABC is a big deal. Um, you know, on, on a holiday weekend, uh, there won't be much else. Um, you know, I mean it's probably some baseball, but um, you know it's a big move for ABC because they normally have always put them on in the afternoon yeah. when they when they have network. But they're they're going to have the prelims on uh, you know prime time, uh, so they must have been happy with the ratings last time they were they were in the afternoon. And this kind of last minute thing, right? Like they just announced it yeah, this week. Yeah, they just announced it announced it like what yesterday or yesterday or the or, or before, friday i think it was friday when they when they announced yeah. it and always had always heard like there was just i mean they're fine with having ufc on espn and espn2 but there's just a little hesitancy to put it on on abc and i think they're just they're trying it out and of course we got the abc show in long island in a couple of weeks but that's an afternoon show show still i think this is kind of a test run test run uh, abc seems to be a little bit more like they're uh, what's to say they I think, have well the, i think their standards when it comes when it for, comes for like when it comes to the four networks networks in prime time yeah. they have the i would say the least violent stuff I'm not saying that okay. anything on network is violent yeah, yeah. violent but they have the most conservative when it comes to the violence violence kind family of friendly yeah no. more family yeah family friendly and it's you know you know you know what you're getting we watch the ufc people beating the crap out of each other blood and all blood <laughs> and all that i mean i mean abc abc and and honestly abc doesn't really air sports at primetime all that much even even like the basically the nba finals because yeah. most of the time is pretty much it because most of the time when they do basketball on the weekend it's during the during the afternoon i mean they're doing monday night football well they've had bit. the stanley cup they've yeah, had the stanley cup they had the stanley cup year. i mean they're i think you know yeah. it's it's kind of proven the thing like sports sports is is the dominant the dominant thing on television and if you want to if you want to win win the night even on network put some sports on and i i guess it's a it's a test to see what they could do and hopefully it goes well and hopefully like the disney people are get more comfortable with putting ufc on abc because i think that could be even that could be a big deal you know you know, maybe so what, even maybe even bigger than being on Fo- than being on Fox was because ABC has always been known as the wide world of sports. Yep. Yep. The the thing I think people got to remember too, like if the when these ratings come in next, you know, early next week, and if you know if the show did, you know, like you know, you look at it and it's like a million, you know, million five or something like that, and you think, oh, that's a bad number for ABC. But the fact is, is these prelims are also going to be airing on on ESPN and ESPN Plus. So I think that they're like legitimately just trying to get this this in front of as many eyes as possible. And obviously ESPN has a vested interest in getting as many people to buy this pay-per-view because, you know, the money for UFC, it's, you know, they're getting paid the same no matter what. If if one pe- person buys it or if a million people buy it, they're getting the exact same money. So ESPN wants to maximize those pay-per-view buys and 
they're putting uh, they're putting this on ABC. So, um, yeah, and it's uh, you know again you got big names like Donald Cerrone and, and Jim Miller on the card. Robbie Lawler, well that's on the main card now, but and uh, Brad Riddell and Jalen Turner, a couple up and coming lightweights that are probably having exciting fights. Yeah, so. Ian Gary, yeah. a guy who they clearly want to showcase too. So yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and it uh, and this is a bit, this is also a big deal for UFC because if they do well on ABC, I mean they're going to start renegotiating yeah. for a new TV deal here, here within <laughs> yeah. here in about a year from now, and and we know like we know there's a big renewal. They're 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 going to get a ton of money. They're probably going to get a billion dollars, and it's going to be, but it's also going to be like. Tell Disney like, like okay, like we can we can spend the billion dollar dollars a year on this and be okay with it. We get our money back. Well, and and again, if let's say you're doing six cards a year on ABC, all of a sudden your price tag goes up. Yeah. So you know, and and if the ratings are are such that ABC wants them, then that and I, I the way things are going, like I mean, you're, I'm seeing USFL on primetime, you know, the networks. So I mean, UFC is going to do better than that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's I, I think it's an in- inevitable. Honestly, uh, I think no matter what this does, ABC is going to be happy. I mean, unless it just completely tanks, you know, if like five hundred thousand people watch it or something, but I don't see that happening at but all. But even if like, five hundred thousand, I think they're, they're going to get some good numbers. Even if five hundred thousand people watch that and another another 800 watching on espn you're yep. still talking 1.3 plus plus yeah there's absolutely people, people on espn plus which is which is is a decent number is Growing. a decent amount of people people who've cut the cord and and watch it it's in the couple hundred thousand each week so at least at least at least um yeah so anyways let's get to these fights um the main event obviously um you know, honestly, this kind of snuck up on me. Um, Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier, um, they don't really have a huge rivalry, really, right? Um, that I know about. It's just kind of Jared Cannonier. He's won a couple fights, got himself a title shot. Adesanya, I feel like, is just kind of biding time until he can get that. You know, it feels like they're going to do Adesanya Whitaker again, or, right? Or. Adesanya What's the big fight for Adesanya? Adesanya doesn't want Whitaker. I mean, the bit, the bit. We'll talk about, okay. we'll talk about his potential big fight, big fight because that's part of that's part of the storyline of another fight on the card. But yeah, okay. yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, Cannonier. I mean, he told Dana White, "I'm next." Nobody else. <laughs> if you remember yep, that, yep. They, that's been a big part. Like that of, promo, and that's been a big part of of the promos building up the building up the fight and showing that Derek Brunson Brunson knockout and and Jared Cannonier, you know, yelling at Dana, Dana, I get the next shot, me, nobody else, you know, and the, you know, and it's two guys who respect each other. Adesanya has no beef, and it's Adesanya just, you know, he's fighting. He's fighting the best middleweight who hasn't had a shot yet, which is, I mean, and Cannoneer's the number two guy. The only guy he's lost to, lost to in recent times is Robert Whitaker. So I mean, you know, you know, if Robert Whitaker's number one below below Adesanya, the Cannoneer's clearly number two. He beats everybody else, and um, it's a very good fight. It's very interesting, very interesting because Cannoneer's tough and he's got some decent wrestling, but uh, he's and you know he he's got power, but. Adesanya on the V is, you know, a whole other level. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a hard time seeing, seeing any, any, um, uh, outcome being other than, other than Adesanya winning. 
So, so it's good. I'm a, but, I'm a jackass. Yeah, but that's not a knock on Cannoneer. Cannoneer I just, it just occurred to me. No, no, I just, yeah, I just, no, it just occurred to me the the fight, obviously that they're building. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I blanked out. I actually did my research this week too. Like, I, I can't believe I didn't think of it, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I Cannoneer former heavyweight, so obviously he's got, he's retained a lot of that power, um, but I, you know, Adesanya's next level striker, so. Um, yeah, I don't really see much. I, 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 I picture this fight. I mean, everybody's got a puncher's chance, but I can't like, I can't fathom in my brain, like how Cannoneer, like, I can't see a path to victory for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it'll be a good fight though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could go, you know, they could go 25 minutes. I mean, um, you know, and, and if it does, then, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I think Adesanya probably wins every round, but you know, Cannonier will get some shots in and, uh, Adesanya is, um, you know, he's, he's shown a little bit of vulnerability, especially against bigger guys. Um, so yeah, it, it could be interesting, but I, I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't bet any money on either of these guys, despite what I'm probably going to tell you in my ROI. Um, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the co-main is, is the real main event in my eyes. Uh, Alexander Volkanovsky against Max Holloway for the featherweight title. This is their third fight. Um, uh, even though Volkanovsky is a champion, Holloway won the first two, uh, in my mind. Um, definitely the last one. Uh, but uh, Volkanovsky got the judges' decision, and uh, and this is, I mean, this is the third fight, and they can't do this again. Like, I mean, you, you know, you've talked about it a lot on this show. Volkanovsky's already talking about moving up to lightweight. Even Holloway probably he can't keep cutting to 145 that dude's so big um you know so this this may be the last time we see this fight and uh i i don't expect anything but a classic yeah i mean i do feel like this is a bigger fight than the main event not knocking Adesanya is the bigger biggest star out of the out of the four by far by far but i think this is a much more interesting fight and because of how the second fight fight went, the first fight was a clear Volkanovski one. He win. He he did everything right in the first fight. Second fight, I had it for Holloway. A lot of people did. A lot of people had it for Volkanovski. It was very close, very close. But I think you know, third fight feels about right. It feels about right. Volkanovski is coming off that incredible showing when he finished Chan Sung, the the Korean Zombie Chan Sung Jung in April. Quick turnaround for him. Uh, Holloway though, his last six fights have been twenty five minute wars, and it's going to catch up to him. Eventually, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if this will be the time it does, does, but it'll catch up. It'll catch up to him. But I expect nothing less than another, another fantastic fight between these two. And uh, I know you might not like what I'm going to say, but I think Volkanovski just just is better than Holloway. Not better, but uh, he knows how to beat Holloway, and I don't know if Holloway can get past it this time. Well, stay tuned, everybody, because I'll have my thoughts later when I give my ROI picks. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm obviously rooting for Holloway, but uh, Volkanovski is maybe the most underappreciated fighter in in UFC, I think, because I think, like I said, a lot of people think Holloway won at least one of those two fights, and they just kind of overlook the fact that, you know, yeah, Volkanovski's a champ, but maybe Holloway should be, but man, damn, I mean, he's won 21 straight fights, and... You know, the last 
um, the it's a murderer's row. Korean Zombie, Brian Ortega, Holloway twice, Jose Aldo, Chad Mendez, Darren Elkins. You know, um, it's just incredible uh, lineup that he's that he's faced. And I mean, and again, you talk about Holloway with his wars. I mean, most of these were decisions as well. Um, you know, he did get the knockout over over Korean Zombie in the fourth round. Other than that, you go back to Chad Mendez. So I mean, these guys are both. They're not going to run out of gas, and they're going to keep that output up. And, uh, yeah, I just expect a war. And, you know, Holloway will get another spot on that top 10 in terms of uh, uh, significant strikes landed and combined in a fight. I, I, I would, I don't know if there's a prop on that, but I would bet on it if there was. Um, yeah, just uh, super looking forward to this. I mean, I'd pay for this show if it was this fight and, you know, Mike Jackson fighting 11 times on the undercard. Um, it's, uh, you know, this is going to be a great, great fight. Um, and then, yeah, and then the then the the featured fight or whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is the one that's well, there let's to go. set up a well, let's title go. fight. Let's okay. go to the three fights to watch because this is one of them. This is okay. one of them. And it's a good okay, segment. go ahead. Yeah, the, go to your three fights yeah, to watch. Yeah, the three fights to watch, and and this one is is the big one. Is a big one. It's a middleweight fight. Uh, Sean Strickland against Alex Pereira. Uh, the fight they want at middleweight is Adesanya Pereira. And if Pereira beats Strickland and Adesanya wins, wins, I hate to say for anybody in the middle else in the middleweight division who's a contender, they'll do Adesanya Pereira next. There's just so much history between those two with Pereira being the guy, guy who knocked out, who not the only guy to not ever knock out Israel Adesanya and having two wins over him in kickboxing. Yeah, it'll piss a lot of people off if a guy who is six and one gets a title shot in his in his uh, what would be his fourth UFC fight. But you got to go with the storyline there, and it's the fight Adesanya wants more than anything in the division. Division, and and if Adesanya beats Cannonier and Pereira wins, Pereira wins, he calls the shots. But uh, Sean Strickland, I mean, he's great, but he he's also dangerous uh, in in a lot of ways, and and <laughs> yeah. you know, and if if he beats Pereira on merit uh, based on fighting ability and results he should get a title shot but he's also somebody you can't put in a position to where he can do any media and he will you know because he's 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 not somebody who should be given a given a have a microphone put in front of him. Let's put it to you that they should. That they way. they got to match him up with Whitaker if uh, if he beats Pereira. Obviously, I think. Yeah. Um, but well, uh, I. But yeah, this is what? this is the big one. This is the big one on the on the as far as outside of the two 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 uh, main events. I was surprised that the odds are like it's pretty much a coin flip. I, I was expecting Pereira to be a big favorite, but I guess not. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, Strickland's got. Got an impressive record and an impressive win streak. Yeah, win streak. So, so yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I mean he's he's tough. I think maybe people are maybe overlooking him, but uh, he's not going to be an easy out for Pereira. And yeah. Pereira's shown some vulnerabilities. So I mean, I mean, I would, you know, when it comes to MMA, I mean, I maybe would favor Strickland Strickland in this if I was an odds maker. But the odds maker, you know, but uh, per, yeah, like I said. If Pereira wins this, he's going to get the title shot, title shot, and people are going to be like, you know, upset at the record. But this will at least be a legitimate win if he beats Strickland, because Strickland is a yeah. a legitimate top eight guy, you know. So that's absolutely. Uh, my second fight to watch is the main card opener, bantamweight fight, Pedro Munoz against Sean O'Malley. 
everybody's been talking about Sean O'Malley. I mean, he's he's a superstar in the in in waiting, in waiting, and uh, they've been talking about you know can he be the top ten guy? This is his test. Pedro Munoz, he's on a little bit of a slide, but he's still he's still a top ten guy, and and this is a big fight for O'Malley to show where he where he was. I made the argument when we kind of looked at at this card before it lost a pivotal fight that maybe O'Malley should yeah. have been on the ABC headliner headliner to just to see what they have with them draw wise but also putting them on the pay-per-view is also is also good but but yeah i think uh i think if he wins this uh, he's gonna get a top five guy and maybe even the next title shot who even who the hell knows who the hell knows but sean o'malley i mean this is his this is his big test so uh, we'll see what he we'll see what he has because pedro munoz is fantastic and then my third fight to watch uh We've seen it once before years ago. These these guys are different than they were in 2014. Uh, and it's a fight that just came together this week or this past week. But uh, Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone. And the big, the, the big thing is they're fighting for the all-time UFC wins record because they're both tied with uh, Crazy. Andre Arlovsky for first. So the, the winner of this fight is going to have – gonna have possession of first place so so i mean and uh dana white did say did say today also like jim he guaranteed that a jim miller is on the roster when ufc 300 happens that he will put jim miller on ufc 300 he care he guaranteed it today so so awesome uh, so so i would like to i mean I mean, you know, and Miller's looked great lately. I mean, he he looks every bit as bit as good as good as he was years ago. I mean, he's he's not fighting the top level guys, but Cerrone has fallen off a lot, Ben. He hasn't fought he hasn't fought in a in over a year. Luckily for him, he doesn't have to cut weight because I know I know in Austin when he had to cut the weight and the fight was off, fight was off. He was miserable because making 155 two months in a row is hard for him. So 170 will be easier, easier, and uh, especially since he had a couple extra weeks now. Weeks now, you know that the week before that he was in Austin for that fight, like the ten, like it was like, I think he got to Austin like the Saturday. Or went the Saturday before the fight's like a week ahead, but he had spent the previous ten days in Singapore shooting a movie, so he was shooting a movie while waiting to fight Lozon in Austin. So, so wow. you know, so but uh, yeah, we'll just so I, there. I don't know. Yeah, you. So that I think this is the first time I'm just going through Jim Miller's record, and I think it's the first time he's ever fought at 170. He had a couple yeah. catchweight fights, which was probably people missing weight, but yeah, um, yeah he hasn't. Yeah. It's it's always been 155 with him. I yeah. Cerrone's fought it welterweight a couple times, but yeah, um, but yeah, pretty crazy. Cerrone, it's it's probably two guys like, hey, let's just fight. Yeah, let's cut a couple pounds and fight at what you know what a yeah whatever way is. It's in the it grand, really make, yeah it's, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter when it comes to these two. So no, no, I mean, I, I, although I do think that Cerrone is the naturally bigger guy, so I think the fact that it's at one seventy probably helps him a little bit more than it helps Miller. Uh, but I mean, again, it's it's just guys not having to cut as much as they usually do. I am just I am disappointed we didn't get to see Jim Miller against Bobby Green, but I think yeah, but, uh, hopefully they'll revisit that because it wasn't an injury or anything. I think it was. Bobby Green being pissed about at USADA about stuff, and it kind of mentally took him out of training camp. And I think he pulled out, pulled out because of that. So, 
So there's there was stuff going on with him and Usada. He he moved to a new house and gave Usada the new address, and Usada kept showing up at his old house, even though he gave him the address <laughs> of the new house. And they kept telling him because he wasn't at the old house, he was getting whereabouts failures and and all that. And they and it was pissed Bobby Green off, and I think it kind of I think that's why he pulled out ultimately, just just because of all that. That makes sense. Um, all right, so my three ROI picks, and of course, this is return on investment, guys that have historically been the best values based on results and previous odds. So the first guy is going to be Andre Munez, who's fighting Uri Hall. Um, he is, uh, he's got 112.6% ROI, um, which is kind of incredible. Uh, my, he's a minus 240 favorite over uh, Uri Hall, and he's got a 2-0 record when he's fought as a favorite. So that's uh, my first pick. Second one is actually Alexander Volkanovsky, as much as it pains me to say, um, 59.2% ROI. Obviously, when you got a record like he does, you're going to have a pretty good uh, odds. Like when you bet on him, you're going to win most of the time. He's a minus 190 favorite over Holloway, which surprised me a little bit. And he's got a perfect 8-0 record as a favorite. So um, again, like you said, Ryan, I mean, it's pretty tough to bet against this guy. And this is going to hurt if I put a bet on Alexander Volkanovsky to bet against my boy. But you know what? I'll look at it the other way. Either way, I win. Either, you know, I win some money or my boy wins his title back. So I'll be happy either way. And uh, my third one is Brad Riddell, who we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the fisherman uh, fighting Jalen Turner. Uh, he, so Brad Riddell is a, got a 45.8% ROI. It's almost even money, but Brad Riddell is a slight underdog at plus 100. And he's got a two and one record as an underdog in the past. So um, that's obviously if you're getting better than even money on your money and the guy's two and one, that's you know, pretty good money you're winning there. So, uh, Volkanovsky, Riddell and Munez are my three picks. And, uh, so far most weeks I've been doing this, I've been two and one. So you're making money just about every week when you go with these picks. So, uh, so take us through the rest of this card and it's actually pretty stacked. Okay. It, uh, it kicks off, uh, with a women's Bantamite fight, Jessica Rose Clark against Julia Stoliarenko. Both women looking to get back in the win column for Stoliarenko. She's still looking for her first UFC win. This will be her fifth UFC fight. Fight. So her back's against the wall. And Jessica Rose Clark did say on Ariel Hawani's show today that she's going to walk out to Shawn Michaels' sexy boy. So, so if you're a wrestling no. fan, oh, fan my you, God. you have that to look forward to. Then we have, remind me of this on Saturday so I don't fast forward the intros yeah it's the opening fight so hopefully you won't i mean it's okay probably gonna start about 5 30 our time so so yeah you got there's your warning uh then we have middleweight fight uh brad tavares against dracus duplace c uh duplace c 2-0 in the ufc c with two finishes uh getting a big step up but he's ready brad tavares one of the more underrated guys at 180 185 uh he's been ranked for a long time long time the only uh He's only in since in the last six years or seven years. He's only lost to to Adesanya and Edmund Shabazian, but he's won his other six fights. Other than that, doesn't fight a whole lot. Whole lot first fight in a year for both guys. So we'll see how they are, how they come back. Uh, then we have a women's flyweight fight: Jessica I against Macy Barber. Um, in, interesting fight for both of those. Uh, Jessica I really needs a win. 
win. She's uh, she's lost three in a row and four of her last five. Five after you know winning three straight to get a title title shot. Her back could be against against the wall. And Macy Barber, uh, I mean, she's talking about being a future champion. And and you know she's won two in a row. She's looked she's looked good bouncing back from a two two fight losing skid. But this is back. Uh, you know, back up a step in competition for her, so we'll see how she handles that. Uh, then we have middleweight fight Uriah Hall against Andre Muniz. Muniz is 4 0 in the UFC, he's looked really good, Had, is a fantastic submission artist. Uh, broke Jock Ray's arm, arm, you know, a year ago, and then submitted Eric Anders in his last fight. Uriah Hall, uh, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get with, get with him, but <laughs> when he's but he's really good when he's on, and uh, he's coming off a loss to Sean Strickland. But before that, he had won four in a row, four in a row. So you know, it's important fight for both. Both if Uriah Hall wants to be a champion, he's got to win this fight because this will knock him out, knock him out completely. Then we have the welterweight fight that I talked about: Jim Miller against Donald Cerrone. Then we have another welterweight fight: uh, Ian Gary. A big spot for him against Gabe Green. You know, they're bringing Gary along slowly, slowly, and this is the right kind of next matchup for matchup for him. But uh, Gabe Green's really good, but Gary is, well, I don't have it pulled up for me, like 7 and 0, 8 and 0, something like, something like that. Very good record. 9 and 0. 9 and 0. And he calls himself the future, and, and you know, they're trying to make a big Irish star. So, so he's the. He's the guy they're looking at. Four years old, Jeebus. Yeah, twenty-four <laughs> years old. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be around for a long time. Then we have the featured prelim: Brad Riddell and Jalen Turner. This is a high-level fight. Brad Riddell is coming off that loss to Rafael Fiziev in December, but before that, before that, he was unbeaten. He had won his first four UFC fights and had won seven in a row. He's a very exciting fighter, Jalen Turner is super impressive prospect prospect has won four in a row four in a row all by finish uh is looking great great this will be this should be a really fun fun featured prelim then you have the main card it kicks off with pedro munoz against sean o'malley bantamweight fight then you have a welterweight fight robbie lawler against brian barbarina I mean, Robbie Lawler is one of the most exciting fighters in MMA history, and Brian Barberino always has exciting fights. I'm glad they moved this fight to the to the main card after after we lost a fight that we're about to talk about talk about here in a few minutes. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, that should be that should be bananas. And then you have the middleweight fight, Sean Strickland against Alex Pereira. Then you have your two title fights, UFC featherweight champion, Alexander Volkanovsky defending against Max Holloway. And then the main event, UFC middleweight champion, Israel Adesanya defending against Jared Cannonier. Yeah, uh, so that is the card, and uh, it should be it should be a banger. And we've been uh, talking about this all night, but uh, you know, and and if you're listening carefully, you notice that one of the fights that we've been talking about forever, uh, that was big part of the show, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, you know, title implications for sure. Uh, Misha Tate and Lauren Murphy was supposed to happen on this card, but uh, Lauren Murphy pulled out earlier this week. They tried to find a replacement for Misha, to, couldn't find one, so they just rebooked the fight, right? Yeah, uh, Murphy uh, 
po- uh, COVID positive. So, so okay. they, uh, they, uh, rebooked it for the long Island show on, on the 16th. They, they, they did, they did send out a few feelers to see if they could get anybody to fight Tate to keep Tate on this car, on this card. But, uh, you know, finding somebody to fight Misha Tate, Tate, you know, on a week's notice is very hard. And they, they couldn't find anybody, anybody, you know, worthy, I guess. I guess. I mean, also, Misha, it's her first time cutting to 125. So she probably had her whole, you know, training camp and weight, weight getting down, you know, to get down specifically on July 1st, on July 1st. So, you know, hopefully she can maintain the little two week extra, extra and it doesn't affect her. Yeah, that's uh, it's too bad for her because yeah, again now she's gonna have to yeah either stay at that weight for two weeks or you know gain and cut again. So um, yeah, but at least we're gonna get to see the fight. So that'll be Long Island in uh, two weeks. So uh, not not too not too long to wait for that. Um, so yeah, so that'll be uh, the the pay per view. And again, the prelims are on uh, es or ABC, ESPN, and ESPN Plus. Early prelims on ESPN Plus or Fight Pass uh, if you're in Canada, and of course the main card on pay per view in Canada and on ESPN Plus in uh, the United States. So uh, the news. I mean, we've gone over a lot of this uh, already, but um, I guess uh, one thing you haven't mentioned yet is UFC 279 is now. Now looking to be Atlanta, even though we we've been talking about Boston, they're kind of back and forth, but it's looking like it's gonna be Atlanta. Yeah, I brought that brought it up earlier when we were talking about Jones and oh, Stipe, but but uh, oh, you're right, you're right. But yeah, but uh, the TD Garden in Boston got booked for Kid Cudi concert, so that okay. kind of takes that out. You know, the, the building is no longer available, so so it looks like it's gonna be Atlanta, Atlanta. So that's that's Hot out Atlanta. of that one. Uh, and, uh, oh God, this broken record, but Nate Diaz, uh, again, he wants out of his contract, wants to fight Jake Paul. Um, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's not much. <laughs> Dana White, Dana White said, said, had basically said, cool, you got another fight you have to yeah. do with us. So, so, yeah. so, I mean, Dana White did, did, did admit that Nate Diaz said yes to a fight with Kamzat and it just didn't happen for whatever, ever reason. I feel like we know the reason, you know, they want to do Nate, yeah. Nate and Connor, Connor, you know, so, so I mean, you Let's know, see what happens. So here's what it is on that front. You know, like I keep saying, I don't see Jake Paul wanting to fight Nate Diaz until Nate Diaz is at least 40. Though I do give yeah. Jake Paul credit for for agreeing to fight Tommy Fury. That's a fight. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about boxing, but I feel like that's a fight that Jake Paul will actually lose. And I and honestly, I think if he loses, like this novelty's over with. So he'll just so, go to WWE. Yeah, yeah, he's better off there. I mean, he's not he's not a boxer. He's not a high level boxer. Yeah, and you know he might actually lose to the and his brother first legitimate brother's boxer. Pretty good. Brother's he's pretty fine. good at wrestling. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Carlos Barza is that fight with. They could come in and challenge the Usos as a tag team. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
There you go. Yeah. Uh, we've got a bit of a delay here. So Ryan just picked up on my previous comment. Uh, Carla Sparza is, uh, I guess that fight with, um, with Rose was tougher than we thought. And she got injured. Obviously it just didn't happen in the fight, but she is injured and she's not gonna be able to defend the belt until the end of the year, uh, which is uh, unfortunate, but, um, yeah, what's the story here? Uh, I mean, Carla is claiming she's hurt. She's hurt. Who knows for sure? Who knows for sure? For sure what the deal is. She just doesn't want to fight in October is what the, what it sounds like. And she's trying to push push the fight as long as possible. She wants to enjoy time as champion. Champion. I mean, she's fighting Wei Lee. She keep as far as it was. Try, Carla was trying to say Brina Rodriguez should get the title shot. Maybe on merit, maybe, but uh, Whaley's the big star of the division outside of Rose, especially now Now that Joanna's retired. They're going to go with the big star. That's how they book. That's how they book. And then uh, now that everybody, now that Carla is, you know, trying to push the title fight back as far as possible, you know, you got Mackenzie Dern and other people saying there should be an interim title fight, which is stupid. I mean, anytime a champion says, I'm going to be, um, you know, you know, I'm going to take a couple months off. You know, you have all these other contenders being, being, you know, saying I want an interim title fight. Even if there was an interim title fight, Mackenzie Dern doesn't deserve it over Marina Rodriguez, and it would be against Whaley. So, I mean, it's not happening. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll hopefully we'll see as far as against Whaley before the end of the year. I know they wanted it in October, but it might it might happen in October. It might not. You know, maybe they maybe they pay Carla enough to where she'll fight in October. All right. Uh, and then uh, one of the Bell Twins uh, t- fighting MMA now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But this uh, one has, Bella a big, Mir, this has, has a big last name, though. <laughs> yeah, Bella Mir. No, I, I mean, we've, I think we, I feel like we've talked about her at least once before. But um, yeah, the daughter of Frank Mir, she's 19 years old and she's 3 and 0 now. Uh, and this XFN from Oklahoma, is that a fight pass uh, one or is that I off think the radar? This- I think this was on Fight Pass. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, yeah, it sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's, um, I mean, she's obviously, you know, she says she's got big goals. And you've suggested in your thing that uh, they should pick her up for the Contender Series and uh, try to get her a developmental deal. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like right? UFC, needs, UFC needs a snatcher. So... So before anybody else does what uh i'm just uh yeah because bellator likes people at that level too and although i think p- things didn't end very well with her dad and bellator so uh i'm just looking um what is she she's a flyweight yeah she's a flyweight so yeah tall too a eh? five seven she'll um, probably so you know maybe she, even you know when she grows into her body she'll probably be more like a phantom weight so even featherweight, you know, if, if she puts on a little muscle and, uh, you know, that could uh, revitalize that division. But uh, I bet she's probably better off at bantamweight. Um, and then the only other thing you had in your news, Greg Hardy is uh, signed with Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship and thinks he's going to be back in the UFC someday. Which yes. Keep dreaming, buddy. He he, claim, he claimed somebody told him that that if he learns a little bit of wrestling, he'll be back. He'll be brought back. I don't I doubt I doubt that. I mean, they could bring him back, but not at what they're paying him, at what they were paying him. So I was, uh, that was me. I was catfishing him. Sorry. Um, and uh, all right. And then uh, I don't know if you want to highlight any of these. I'm looking over the fight announcements, and I don't really see much of interest there. I would say uh, the bit. I would say the. Excuse me. The. Uh, 
the biggest one that they kind of put out was uh, Irene Aldana against Macy Chase on for UFC 279 on September 10th. Probably, more importantly, probably because if Aldana wins and she she could be next at 135 for a title shot, depending on the outcome of Nunez Pena and what happens there after that. So, so that would be. So the, that is 135 because I know Macy sometimes fights at featherweight. No, this is yeah, this is 135. It's 135. Okay. Uh, and, uh, the one that the only the one ahead. I saw was Chidi. It's fighting uh, uh, Gregory Rodriguez. Yeah, they uh, must on have, September 17th. They must have read uh, my column last Monday whenever I, <laughs> whenever I called for that fight because they made it. They made that fight like two days later. So, so yeah, looking forward to that one. And uh, MacDesi and Nazrat, I'm looking forward to seeing MacDesi get his ass kicked. Uh, maybe the least popular fighter in UFC. Really? Besides, uh, well, I don't know. I think a lot of the other fighters don't like him, right? A lot of the other fighters. Hey, Do I have that story right or am I mixing him up with somebody? He, I mean, a lot of the other fighters, I think he ran a clothing company or was a big part of a clothing company that stiffed a lot of fighters. So, right. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's a, what it was. Yeah. So he had a lot of fighters like, you know, not liking him, not liking him, but, you know, those are some of the some of the older crew because this this happened like okay. shit like eight ten years ago so so but yeah he had a man so yeah he had a he had a lot of he wasn't very well liked by a lot of people during all that situation okay so it was but it was him i that's the guy i'm remembering okay yeah um yeah so yeah and you can check out ryan's column and ryan's got a ton of stuff in here we don't have time to go over it all but he's got his uh crystal ball where he talks about what's next for all the winners and the chopping block what's next for the losers including a few people who he thinks are uh, probably looking at getting cut and uh and then of course the people that did get cut in the last week um hannah seifers uh I, I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Um, she always looked like a, just like a scared puppy every time she got in the ring. Um, and, uh, I guess she's, uh, you know, she's, she two and five. I'm surprised she fought seven times. Um, but Timur Valiev is probably the biggest name that got cut. I would think. Hey, eh? yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, I think, I think his situation is they were trying to come to terms to a new deal and haven't yet. And they, that he was taken off the roster list, but he could always okay. sign a new deal. But as of now, he's officially not on the UFC roster. But wouldn't surprise me if they they brought him back. But it feels like it feels like a situation where where they they had their exclusive negotiation period. They didn't come to terms. So so you know they might let him let him go somewhere else. You know who knows who knows. So I I think that's what it is there. All right. So, yeah, ton of stuff. Uh, we got a big week coming up. Uh, International Fight Week, always a big week in the world of MMA, Hall of Fame. We'll talk about all that next week. And uh, you can check out Ryan's uh, coverage of this uh, past week's UFC and this upcoming Wrestling Observer. Uh, always good stuff. I just read your uh, your coverage of last week's show today uh, over lunch. So, um, yeah, it's always a good read for me and for everybody else. And you can check out his live coverage of UFC 276 on WrestlingObserver.com. Uh, and and for me, I don't got much else going on this week other than the regular whatnot. Although I did do a recap of Forbidden Door on the uh, Fight Game Media YouTube channel on the uh, Power Bombshells, which is normally uh, the lovely and talented Sam and Mel. But this week it was Sam with a bunch of dudes with beards. So you can check that out on the uh, hey, Fight I'm Game Media YouTube I'm channel. A, I'm a dude with beard with a beard. I should have been on there too. 
Why not? We could have come on. You should have asked. I would have. I would have given you my spot. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, we 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 talked for two hours on that on that. Well, I I missed the first forty five minutes because you know me, I always watch late, so I jumped on uh, about a third of the way through the show. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. You can check it out even if you don't get to see all of it. Just check out a little bit of it. We we had fun chopping up that uh, pay per view. So uh, for Ryan, I've been Paul, and this has been the show. So Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do all right hope everybody enjoyed the show have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend later